Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we want to look, jump into the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8, and we're going to have a look at uh, this verse of Scripture. And we're, we're talking this morning on the discerning of spirits. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you this morning because I believe it's something that we don't talk enough about. But, uh, you know, the whole purpose of the series is, is uh, coming to a place where we see the supernatural become a natural part of who we are. And we've been wanting to encourage and to create an environment where the Holy Spirit feels free that He can move in our midst as we gather together. Amen? That's the journey that we've been on, and we want to continue to encourage that place and that space where as we come together to worship and we extend our faith and our heart towards Jesus, the Holy Spirit then comes and descends and starts to minister amongst us. It might be through word of knowledge, it might be through prophetic, it might be through word of wisdom, whatever it is, but we as a church, Shell Harbor Community Church, want to see more of the working of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Thank you, Rachel. Amen. Anyone else out there, amen, this morning? Come on, God is alive. The Holy Spirit is active on the planet today. He wants to move through us and in us, amen, and we want to encourage that atmosphere. So we've been looking at that and talking about that, and we looked at this scripture, Paul speaking to Timothy. This is the last time I'll share it in this context. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says there, Paul speaking to Timothy, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. If I could just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our brief time uh, in and around your word this morning. Uh, Lord, as we share this morning, I just surrender myself to you. I ask your Holy Spirit that as we share different scriptures and different words this morning, that you are going to bring light, you're going to bring hope to people that hear in this place. So we just commit our service to you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Love that scripture, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God. And we looked a few weeks ago at how there are times, there were times in Timothy's life where he allowed the gift of God to go dormant on the inside of him. You know, he started out the faith with a real fire and with a real zeal, but then through a process of time, uh, he just allowed that gift that was on the inside of him to go dormant. And we made the parallel that often there are times in our lives as well. You might have been here this morning, you started your race quite strongly and quite boldly. You might have had an evangelistic gift upon your life. You might have had a prophetic gift upon your life, but through a process of time and through, through life and some of the stuff that happens in life and some of the knocks that happens in life and some of the disappointments that we can see even in church even in church stuff that can go on we can allow that zeal and that fire to to um, to decrease the gift of God on the inside and this series is about encouraging us and reminding ourselves that God has placed gifts on the inside of everyone as believers. And he's given us those gifts for the purpose of building the church and for the purpose of reaching the world for Christ. Amen. And the motivating factor for the gifts of the Holy Spirit is love and love alone. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. After he talks about the gifts in chapter 12, he talks about the purpose or the motivation for using the gifts is love and love and all. So over the last nine weeks, we've been studying excuse me, 12, we've been studying the nine manifested gifts of the Holy Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And today's our last in our series that we're going to be looking at the, uh, the, the gift of the discerning of spirits. But I want us to read together 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. It says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to each one for the profit of all. All right. What's it saying? Pretty self-explanatory. The Holy Spirit decides and chooses to move through people as he chooses. And the purpose of that, the purpose of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is for the profit of everyone. So it goes on to say, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. We've been going through that. To another faith, Alex preached on that a number of weeks ago. To another the gift of healing, Suzanne did a message, life-changing message on healing. To another the working of miracles, I did that one, that was okay. To another prophecy, we didn't delve into prophecy because we spent a lot of time in prophecy about two months ago. Then to this one here, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues, and we spent some time in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, many weeks ago, looking at, at uh, the church service, the order of the service, how the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues works as well. I guess if you wanted to go to the podcast, you could div, dig a little bit deeper and find that there as well. So last week we looked at the gifts of miracles. Today we want to look at the gift of the discerning of spirits. When was the last time you heard a message on the discerning of spirits? Flipping heck. I feel a bit on my own up here. We're going to dive into this, uh, this, this gift, this manifestation here. And I think by the time we get to the end of our message, I think that there's going to be some eyes that will be open, spiritual eyes that will be open, and maybe some revelation into the stuff that might be going on in your family and in your home, and it could bring a great answer to you. But we want to look firstly the definition of the discerning of spirits, the gift of distinguishing between spirits, is a divine enablement from the Holy Spirit to distinguish which spiritual source is behind a message or a manifestation. In other words, the thought is this, whether it is a spiritual power or presence at work, and if it is spiritual, what is the source of the spiritual power or the manifestation of that power? And, you know, I just wanted to touch on just, just very briefly. You know, we, 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 we don't talk too much about it in the Western church, but the truth is that there are two realms operating right now in this room. Very much so. There's the natural realm that's happening, and it's uh, dictated to by our five senses, our, uh, our smell, our touch, our, our sight, our ears, our taste. And right now, we're sitting here in the natural realm. You, you, you can feel it all around you. You're, you're sitting on that chair. It's real. It's tangible. You know that it's here. This is the natural realm that we're, that we're experiencing right now. But did you know right now in this place operating, there's another realm that's taking place right now as we sit here. There are angels in this place. The Holy Spirit is here. Uh, there's all sorts of heavenly hosts, all sorts of things that are going on in and over people's lives. There's another realm, and the Bible describes it as the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. That's a, the other realm. Whoop, that's the other realm that's taking place here in this morning. So there are two realms. There's the natural realm experienced through our five senses, but then there's a spiritual realm, and it is in and by large hidden to us. It's beyond the scope of our five senses to perceive and to understand. It's invisible. It's inaudible. It's intangible. It's a realm beyond our natural sight. And I want to say this, I just touched on it. As Western believers, we don't place enough emphasis on the effects of the spiritual world and how spiritual forces may affect our lives. 
We don't place near enough emphasis on that. In fact, listen to what Paul says in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, verse 12, because right as we might be speaking here today, there are spiritual wars that are being waged over lives. There are spiritual wars being waged over families. There are spiritual wars that are being waged over individual individuals as such. There is, there is a, another world, another realm that's taking place beyond this natural realm. But Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritually hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. A few things we want to draw out from what Paul is saying there. Firstly, he points this out. He points out that the enemy of the church is not flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting a flesh and blood fight. If that was the case... It'd all be done and dusted because I've been going to the gym and I tell you what, I am so buff. It'd be done. I mean, Marty Daniels would be no opposition. Johan down the back there. I mean, the walking, walking brick wall. Every time I shake Johan's hand, I mean, oh, just, I'm going to get there one day. But if it was a flesh and blood fight, it'd be done and dusted because we could fight it. But it's not a flesh and blood fight. But a four-tiered demonic hierarchy which is under the direction of their leader, and that is Satan, the devil. Our struggle is not against human beings, but personal, demonical, demonic, spiritual entities. We are in a battle, listen to this, to see people set free from the influence and opposition of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the reign, the freedom and liberty of the kingdom of God, brought about by Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. That's the battle that we fight. Not a flesh and, bl- not a flesh and blood one, but a spiritual battle. You see, people are bound spiritually. The enemy has uh, uh, dictated over their life. He's bound them. He's got them shackled. He's got them chained spiritually. That's why often we don't see an influence of people coming to receive the most beautiful message on the planet today that God sent his son he, lo- he so loved the world that God sent his son that whosoever believe in him do not perish but have ever to- everlasting life there's not a greater message on the planet than that today the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and yet why aren't people falling over themselves to come and receive salvation because the devil because of the demonic fight, the war that's going on over people's lives, over people's families, over individuals. There's a satanic battle going on, not in the natural realm, but in the supernatural now. So the thought is this. So this is the thought. We need divine enablement to distinguish between demonic inspiration and power from the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit. The little thought this morning before I give you four, four areas that the discerning of spirit works. But to really understand, let's first define the three spiritual sources. The Bible teaches there are three spiritual realms, if you could say. And the first spiritual realm, or the first spiritual arena, is the arena of the Holy Spirit. That's the first arena. The first source of spiritual manifestation is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's indwelling and empowering presence. By His indwelling presence and power, He enables us to live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is always up to something. Amen? He's always in the background. We can't see Him as such. We can't 
touch him with our physical hands, but in prayer and in praise and in worship, we, we just feel his presence. Spirit to spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit is ministering to us and through us. Amen. So the first arena, uh, the first realm is the, the realm of the Holy Spirit. The second uh, realm is the angelic or demonic spirits. The second source of spiritual man manifestation is angelic. And there are two types of angelic creatures, angels and demons. I tell you what, we're getting deep now. We've got to be so aware of this. You know, the, the greatest trap for us today as believers is that we get so caught up on the physical realm in life. We do. We put all of our emphasis into this realm, the natural realm. We put all of our resource, all of our energy. But, 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 but this, this realm that we're living in now is only temporal. It's going to pass away. But the other realm, the, the, the spiritual realm, the, 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 the realm of heaven is eternal. It's going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. But we can spend so much time in the natural realm. God wants to open our eyes to help us to understand that there are two realms operating. So the first realm, the realm of the Holy Spirit. And the second realm, realm angelic or demonic spirits. Angels. Listen to these few thoughts about angels. Angels are portrayed as created spiritual beings. They, the primary duties are to worship and to serve God. They are portrayed as spiritual servants of God sent to minister to us as heirs of salvation. They are sometimes used as messengers, protectors, guides, or deliverers. I believe in the ministry of angels. I do with all my heart. There's angels in this room this morning. You might be thinking, you're right off the planet. Yeah, well, I might be a little bit bald and whatnot, but I do believe because we see in Scripture, time and time again, angelic intervention, right through the Old Testament, also through the New Testament. Little testimony, little, little I believe it was little angelic um, uh, intervention. We were on holiday a number of um, um, weeks ago, and we were down at Sussex Inlet. I had my son uh, and a friend of his were in, in the boat, and uh, we were doing some spear fishing and, and uh, catching some of, some of the biggest lobsters. Martin Daniel's never seen lobsters so big, bigger than he's ever been able to catch. In fact, they're just massive, this big they were. In fact, you could put a tea thing on them and let them take you along. They're just massive. <laughs> I need one of those strings that stops you from, you know, for the fishermen because we just go, but stops you there. But, uh, you know, we had the boys and um, we, we decided, to head north, decided to head south we traveled about probably five k's down the coast. We found this little headland that we spied out the day before. And, uh, you know, I'm super cautious when uh, Joe and any of his mates are in, in, the, in the water because I've seen Jaws and I don't like it. You know, after Jaws, I couldn't have a bath for like probably two years. I mean, it was just scary. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm heads up with sharks, you know. Sharks, you know, I'm, I'm like... Here away, I pull up. The, I, I don't know how many times I pulled up the anchor. It's it's any wonder, but I pull up the anchor that many times, get close to them again, put the anchor down. I'm watching them all the time. Anyway, we jump. Uh, the boys jump in the water, and about I'm just sitting there, and about a kilometre away to my left, I see this old fella in a boat, and uh, he's he's fishing fishing away, and uh, he puts his head down, his head back up again, and as he's fishing, I, I notice uh, I start to see a school of fish starting to bubble. Um, if you haven't seen them, it's, it's like a spar on the top of the ocean. It's just all the fish underneath. And it was getting uh, bigger and bigger. And, you know, I'm just sitting there in the sun. The boys are getting a couple of fish. And we're sort of all relaxing. And I'm just sitting in the boat. And, and next minute, I just look to the left. And I see this school of salmon just starting to come closer to me. And by this time, I mean, they are just having a party underwater. I mean, it's just crazy. The water is just, just thrashing with fish. 
And next minute, I see the old fella um, in his little tin boat heading flat out towards the boys. And I'm like waving my arms and going, divers, divers, divers. Anyway, he pulls up next to, um, next to Joe's maid and he says, you better get out of the, I can't repeat it because it's church, you better get out of the beep, I wouldn't say it anyway, you better get out of the beep, beep water, there's a massive great white heading your way. I said, that's angelic intervention. Oh, I do, absolutely. Angelic intervention. Anyway, they got out of the water, quick as, quick as you could imagine, and uh, we just moved on. Um, but you know, I believe that angels are here in this unseen realm and their purpose is to minister to the saints of God I mean to bring protection to bring deliverance to bring to assistance in many realms so there's angels but then the second one there are demons as well fallen angels corrupt and wicked their ruler is Satan also an angelic creature a fallen and perverse cherub he rules over the evil kingdom and fallen angels designated as demons. And Scripture teaches us that they are powerful, wicked, and strategic. And the third area this morning, we wanted to get into the four points, is this, the human spirit. So we have the, 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 the Holy Spirit, we have the, the, the angelic, demonic realm, and last arena of the supernatural realm is the human spirit, the third source of spiritual manifestation of the human spirit this is a spiritual part of our being is distinct from our body and soul i am a spirit that lives inside a body and i have a soul promise that's why jesus said unless a man or woman is born again they shall by no means see the kingdom of god being born again is having your spirit made alive again to god that's that's what that you, you can have religion you can have a head full of understanding but without a revelation of salvation, you will never have salvation. Amen? Until you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and put your faith and trust in Him. So we see there are three spiritual arenas or realms. By the gift of the discerning of spirit, the spirit enables us to distinguish which, which of these three sources are in operation in a particular case. The Holy Spirit, demonic spirits or the human spirits and we're going to look right now what are the purpose of distinguishing between the spirits number one distinguish which spiritual source is the inspiration or power behind spoken words have a listen in matthew chapter uh, 16 verses uh, 15 jesus says to the disciples who do people say that i am they go on to say some say you're the prophet some say you're elijah reborn there's a number of our answers that they give but then he asks peter simon bar jonah he says who do you say that i am peter and in verses 15 it says this he says he says uh, who do you say and jesus answered and said to him uh, oh sorry simon bar jonah says to him you are the son of the living god that's his answer to the question that Jesus has. Who do you say that I am? So Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He reveals the source of these words, and the source of the words are a heavenly source. But then in verse 22, have a look, look at what it says there. Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. He says to the disciples in verse 22, You know, I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to be raised up. But Peter jumps in again, and he says to, to Jesus, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. The source of Peter's words were demonically influenced. So in the first in instance, the source of his answers are heavenly inspired. But then in verses 22, they are demonically 
influence. What can we learn from this little thought in Scripture here? At times, even good Christian people can become the mouthpiece of Satan. At times, even good Christian people can become the mouthpiece of Satan. You know, people can come to you and, and they might want to say, I've got a word to bring to you. I'm always so cautious when people come and say, I've got a word for you. Always very cautious about that. And don't get me wrong, I love the thought of people being released and freed in a, in a church to bring a word to one another. But I always look for the first thought when someone says, I want to bring a word to you, I always look straight away. What's the fruit in their life? Straight up. You know, are they faithful? Are they committed? Are they, are they uh, proving their, there's faith and wisdom around them? Before someone just comes and blurts a word out, because the reality is, at times, even good Christian people can become a mouthpiece of Satan. You know, we can get hurt by someone's actions and can become uh, unknowingly the mouthpiece of Satan. We can allow stuff to come out of our mouth that is so damaging. So damaging. What's the, what's the source of it? It's demonically inspired. It's not heavenly inspired. That's why I think we're so and should be so opposed to gossip. Because gossip can be so damaging. Guess what? Gossip's not heavenly inspired. If you haven't worked that out yet, that's a free revelation to you right now. <laughs> you ever sat there in a gossip session? You just sat there, you had a good old whinge about the pastor. Couldn't whinge about me. I'm just, like my mother said, I'm not perfect, but just the nearest thing to it, all right? Hey, someone said amen. But have you, had a, had a, have you ever had a gossip, a gossip session and just sat there and in your spirit you've gone, wow, this is so Holy Spirit inspired? No, of course not. Your spirit shrinks and your soul goes, this is wrong. And internally there's this war going on because you just know that it's so demonically inspired. That's why for our local church, we have a no gossip policy. Amen. If, if you're a gossiper, we show you the door. We do. We, we, we're up front about that. Yeah, where we love feedback and all that stuff. But gossip, there's no room for people that gossip in our local church here. No way, no. Just, we just don't do it, do we? <laughs> Unless, of course, it's true. Then that's different. <laughs> Come on. Hear what I'm saying this morning. So the first little thought about that this morning that we're, we're talking about, distinguishing which spiritual source is the inspiration behind spoken words. Very, very important that we discern the words that have been spoken and the source behind them, what spiritual force is operating behind them. The second area of discerning the presence and power of demons causing sickness and diseases in people's lives. Listen to this thought here. Some sicknesses and inflictions or conditions may have a demonic source. In other words, the condition or affliction is the result and direct, direct result of the presence or work of a demonic spirit in and upon and around a person's life. I want to just disclaimer right now. Does that mean that all sickness or disability is demonic? No, of course not. No, not at all. Some things are genetic. Some things are by accident, accidental, a car accident, things like that. Another thought there, does this mean that all mental illness is demonic? No, of course not. That would be ridiculous to think that. 
Does this mean that all? No. Uh, I.e., there can be chronic grief in someone's life. There can be depression that people are overcoming. Uh, people can have chemical imbalances in their life. But we do see in the Gospels that many people's lives were affected by demonic influences. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, verses 14, look what this demon was doing to this individual's life. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left the man who had been mute, he spoke and the crowd was amazed. See the demonic influence on that individual's life there. Now, Lord, bring us to a stage and a faith where we have trust in you to allow discernment to operate in our lives, so much so that we will be bold enough to lay hands on people to cast out demons as Jesus said that we would do in, Matthew, in, in Mark chapter 16. Amen? So that was the first thought. Then Luke chapter 13, verse 11, it says this, And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straight, straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. 18 years bent over. Jesus the Messiah comes along and in one act of healing, her whole life is turned around and changed. Amen. This is why we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to help us discern the source, the real source of per, a person's affliction. Number three. Why do we need the, discern, the gift of the discerning of spirit operating and moving through our lives? Number three, to distinguish the spiritual power behind some circumstance that's happening in our lives. Some things just happen. Other things are planned to happen against us. Listen to this thought. Satan himself always hides himself behind natural consequences. And you know what I want to say this morning as your pastor? I'm not wanting you to go and look for a demon behind every circumstance that's going on in your life. That would be ridiculous, and we're not saying that. But there are times where the enemy will use circumstances against you to buffet your faith, to rob you, and try to destroy your faith in Christ. How do I know that? Well, listen to what Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 tells us. It tells us that the purpose of the armor of God is to take your stand against the devil's schemes. Some scriptures, the New King James Version says this, Beware of the wiles, W-I-L-E-S, the wiles of the devil. What's that talking about? It's defined as schemes. <laughs> I can't do it very well. <laughs> if I could, it'd be great. It'd really fit with the message. It'd Probably not at all. You have an enemy. He hates you. He hates everything about what you represent. He hates your spouse. He hates your children. And he will do all that he's possibly able to do to destroy you and your faith. That, my friends, is a reality. And Paul said there, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the enemy. The enemy will throw circumstances at you and try and buffet you. Some thoughts here. Um, um, distinguishing between the spirit helps us discern Satan's strategies, what he's up to. We need to understand it is seldom that the devil attacks openly, preferring darkness over light. Listen to what the scripture teaches about Satan. 
Sometimes he masquerades as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. The Bible also says that he's as dangerous as a wolf, but he enters Christ's flock in the disguise of a sheep. They will be found out. Sometimes it says in 1 Peter chapter, uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, chapter 5, verse 8, it says sometimes he roars like a, a lion, but more often than not, he's as supple as a serpent. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we have an adversary that we need to be aware of, and we need to fight the good fight. He prefers to seduce believers in compromise, deception, which leads to error or apathy. If he can seduce a believer into apathy, maybe through offense, bitterness, hurt, inaction, he has nullified the effect of their God-given gift, i.e. the gift of music, the gift of prophecy, their prayers, their service, whatever the case may be. And I don't know, it breaks my heart to think about how many people today that were, were in love with Jesus Christ and were in love with his church and were active in their faith and they were using their gifts and today they are dead in their spirit. It breaks my heart. But you know what? As people, sooner or later, we've got to rise up against this stuff that comes against us and declare no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every word spoken against me we shall condemn. Amen? To rise up and understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Friends, if the message is anything this morning, there is a war going on in the supernatural. There's a war going on in the heavenlies, and we need to know to fight the good fight of faith. And the discerning, the gift of discerning of spirits helps us to do that. So number four, as we conclude this morning, is this. Number four, the discerning of spirits helps discern false teachers and false doctrines. False prophets and false prophecies. False miracle workers and false miracles. In fact, legion of these thoughts in the New Testament, the New Testament teaches that in the last days, false prophets, false teachers, false miracle workers will rise up. In fact, Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and, and things taught by demons. Amen? That's why we need to keep coming back to this and to this alone. Because there are so many disturbing and distressing teachings out there today. So many that are out there today that are leading people astray. But we need the discerning of the Holy Spirit to help us to discern what is true and what is right. And Jesus warned in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, he says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Then in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, Jesus himself warned that people would rise who would even perform miracles and cast out demons in his name, even though they would never be recognized by Christ as his, as his own. Remember that? They said, Jesus, we've, we've worked miracles. We've healed the sick. He says, I never knew you. False workers. So if I could just have the keyboard uh, player today, please. Got it right? Because <laughs> the keyboard's up there. Unless you've got a mobile one. Have I got a mobile one? Yeah. Thanks very much. I hope you're getting something out of this morning. It's totally different 
I suppose, and it's probably not something that we talk about all the time in church, but I think it's just so, so relevant. So relevant. We can get so caught up in, in um, the natural realm and all the stuff, and we forget that there's a battle going on over people's lives, a spiritual battle for their salvation. How many times have you asked someone to come to church? They said they'd come. Only to get to church, they're not there. Disappointing, isn't it? It's a spiritual battle going on over their lives. Satan will do all that he can to deceive them. You know, part of Jesus' overall ministry was to break Satan's power in people's lives. In fact, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Hallelujah. He's done, and in his short ministry for three years, did a spectacular job. Spectacular. Whole villages and regions would come. There's talks that as Jesus ministered, whole crowds would be delivered. Whole crowds would be healed just by his word. Astounding. And the reality is the devil is defeated by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But guess what this morning? We're called in continuing that ministry of destroying the works of the devil. Did you know that this morning? Many of us sadly don't know that this morning. We don't know that. We're meant to continue that ministry. Jesus said, In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's Jesus' commission to all of his church today. Casting out demons in Jesus' name is part of our mandate and continuing in his ministry. But to do so, we need the gift of the distinguishing, the discerning between spirits. Satan's power must be broken over people's lives. The gift of distinguishing of spirits is like an eviction notice. And I want to encourage you this morning, once you've received a revelation discerning the spirit, he's thrown light on the habitat of evil power, then we have the authority to overcome that evil power, to break the power of it. You know, this morning you may well be here. (laughs) You are here. Bench. I can't blame CityServe. That was last weekend. (laughs) My excuse is... um, my wife's away. That's right. She is away. She'll be back this afternoon. But you know, you might be here this morning and, and really you might be facing some, 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 some heavy-duty things that have been said about you or spoken over you. Can I just encourage you this morning? that God doesn't operate in the, in the negative. He spoke... Spokes, speaks words of life and faith. So I encourage you this morning, if you're bound by a word, then ask the Holy Spirit to help you to discern the source of that. And then in Jesus' name, break those words over your life. You might have a, a sickness today, and it, it may well be uh, influenced by a satanic power. Can I encourage you this morning to seek the Holy Spirit about that? You could have a circumstances going on in your life today. You could be facing something that's quite troubling and, and, and it's a big thing in front of you, but 
you may well need to seek the Holy Spirit because it may well be demonically inspired to rise up in faith and say, in Jesus' name, mountain be moved and cast into the sea. Because Jesus said we could do that. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning as we conclude. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your words today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Him wanting to manifest Himself through us as believers. Lord, this morning, for people that may be struggling in, in arenas and in areas of their lives, Lord, I pray this morning the discerning power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested through them, that you would reveal to them the source, the source of these things that might be troubling, might be uh, endeavoring to overcome them in their faith, in their health, in their emotions, in their well-being, whatever it may be, Lord, this morning, we thank you. That Jesus, your plan is to set us free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The devil has come to rob, steal, and destroy, but Jesus, you have come to give us life and life eternal. We thank you this morning. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, I don't know everyone here. But if you have not yet asked Jesus Christ to be your, your Lord and your Savior this morning, if you have not received the gift of salvation, the free gift, freely given because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, then this morning I would love to give you an opportunity to do that today, to make Him your Lord, your Master. There's one way we can stand before God on that great day. And that is with a faith and a hope in Jesus Christ. He is the anchor of our soul. So while heads are bowed this morning, eyes are closed. If that's you, you've never asked Jesus into your life. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Quickly, we just love to acknowledge that this morning. And someone would love to pray with you and talk with you. If you've never made him your savior, your master, while I look across the auditorium. Just one more time. Quickly, if that's you this morning. If that's you this morning. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you. You are so faithful. So faithful. Well, amen.